Welcome back to the Dealmakers Podcast Show with serial entrepreneur Alejandro Cremades, best-selling author of The Art of Startup Fundraising and co-founder at Panthera Advisors. In this podcast, we ask our guests about their successful acquisitions and financing rounds. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dealmaker Show. So today we have an entrepreneur joining us from Europe. I mean, obviously, a lot going on in Europe, and I think that we're going to be learning quite a bit here of going from becoming, you know, a lawyer or in the process of becoming a lawyer to really, you know, being an entrepreneur and, and scaling, you know, financing, firing the entire team, you know, buying out existing investors. I mean, it's going to be full of adrenaline this episode. So I, I'm sure you're all going to enjoy. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest today, Constantino Kalios. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So originally, you know, obviously the family from, from Greece and Germany, but you were born in Berlin. So give us a walk through memory lane. How was life growing up? Thank you for, for having me here in the show. So yeah, when I started to, to grow up here in Berlin, it was a really nice life here. So my, my dad's from, from, from Greece. He came here in the 1950s with my grandparents. And then um, after a couple of years, he met my mother. Then um, she um, yeah, got pregnant. So I'm here. And um, now I've grown up here in Berlin, um, went to German school, to Greek school. And um, after finishing it, started to study law because my biggest dream was to become a judge. I always wanted to become a judge and to be, I don't know, kind of, kind of fair. Um, to the people because I don't know what does it mean, what is fair. Um, but in my opinion, I wanted to be a fair judge. Um, after a couple of years um, studying this, I thought, okay, maybe I should do something more creative in my life, not only doing the same thing. And I don't know, after sitting 30 years uh, in my garden and thinking about law, I, I don't want to do this. So doing something more creative. So I started to, to deal with entrepreneurship. And um, next to my uh, next to my studies, I um, yeah read a couple of books about entrepreneurship, and so took my best friend uh, Robert, and then we started the business. But what what triggered that? I mean, obviously, uh, two questions here from from what you just shared, which is incredible. One is why did you want it to become a judge? I mean, why did you want to create a more fair world? And then number two is the career of becoming a lawyer in Germany takes a long time. And it sounds like you were already, you know, in it, you know, and, 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 and you were already quite invested. So what was that trigger, you know, uh, you know, on one end to really shift the mindset and wanting to do something else. And then on the other end of wanting to make the world, you know, more fair, what were the trigger for both things? Yeah. So the problem uh, in law is, as you said, you're, you have a long time to study. So it's in Germany, it's about first five years, then you do the first exam, then you have to go to the court, then next two years, and then do the second exam, and then you're ready with your, with your, uh, with your studies, and then you can start to become a lawyer or a judge or attorney, everything. And the problem is that you're sitting, I don't know, in the library the whole day, and um, sometimes you're reading book over book, and it's, sometimes kind of depressive and in the end if you don't perform you're like a number yeah because in germany there are a lot of lawyers so i thought okay i don't know maybe i can do my own thing and the good thing is that my dad when i was 16 he had a had his own company 
he was selling um, ultralight planes. So um, I was not not directly part of it, but I was every day in the company and so on. So I saw him and he was um, kind of an idol for me. So I thought, okay, why can I do can I do the same? And um, maybe, I don't know, doing my own thing, being my own boss. And yeah, I like to be a leader. I like to be, to be the, the first in the company and to tell people what to do. So I remember one story when I was a kid, I was six years old and um, we had a, we had a, like, like a circus, circus show. And I always wanted to be the director. And then I um, said to my mother, I, I want to be the director. Everyone, everyone wanted to be, I don't know, like, like a, I don't know, a cow or an, another, another animal, but I wanted to be the director. And that's, that was part of my mind. And um, yeah, I don't know. So I thought, okay, wh- why not? Let's try this. So I can, I can finish my studies later. And yeah, fair. I don't know. Um, in Germany, it's yeah, kind of difficult. The, the, the judges are sometimes really, I don't know, they have, a, they have an opinion. So when you're studying law, you always have an opinion. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Um, there are so many opinions, um, and I will, I will, I, I will um, show the people how how you can, um, I don't know, being fair when when it comes to to um, when they when they have a problem, then they come to me, and then I can, I don't know, give a give a, a good good answer, you know. So then let's talk about you and 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 your co-founder Robert, so your best friend. So in this case, you decide that law is probably not going to be for you at that point in time. Uh, and then you started to read, you know, some books about entrepreneurship. So yeah. what, what was that process like of, Hey, you know, I think I want to start something on my own. And then what was that process of incubating what you actually wanted to start and then how you went about, you know, launching it and bringing it to the world? Yeah, it was, um, first I was reading the books and it was always only theory in my mind. And, um, then I thought, okay. Uh, if I want to execute it, if I want to do do this, I have to start doing this. So I just started um, randomly, I don't know, doing a lot of research and products and what I can do. And um, yeah, after a couple of researches, I found out that uh, in Germany, in, yeah, 10, 15 years ago, online shops started to, to become more bigger and so on. People had the awareness to buy things online. Um, so I thought, okay, why not? And so I was looking for for things um, or for products uh, which are not being uh, being sold uh, online. And then um, I, I thought, okay, why not? So I found um, grocery products in my um, in, in the sortiment. And then I thought, okay, why not? Um, just try it out. And th- so I contacted I contacted a lot of suppliers. Uh, and then um, finally, I found a supplier in in Hamburg in Germany. Which had a, a broad of, yeah, let's say daily products, yeah, dried fruits, nuts, um, uh, oats. So I thought, okay, why not just start and then let's see what happens. So I don't know, just came directly into business. <laughs> I love it. Now let's talk about coming directly into business. You know, what what were the next steps there? Yeah. So. Uh, when you study law and you have like your your law mindset, you don't know about nothing about structures. You don't know what is an online shop, what is an I don't know what is software. Um, how can you I don't know sell articles online? So I was starting to do a complete research um, about online shops, and I found a 
a solution which cost me uh, 150 euros at the start. It was my first uh, shop software. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I was starting to, um, to, to teach myself how I can improve uh, the website. So that was were my first steps. And then when you're doing this, then you have, um, I don't know, to think about how can I ship them the products out. So I started to look for a logistics company. I, don't, I did not have any time to do it by myself. So I looked for a company who can, who can do it for me and so on. So a lot of research, a lot of structuring, a lot of process building and so on. But yeah, that made, yeah, that was good. Now, in this case here, I mean, for, for the people that are listening, what ended up being the business model of Cora? How do you guys make money? Yeah, when we started with the company, um, the, um, the main idea is that we sell products online, which are groceries, um, everything what you, can, what you need in your, in your daily life such as dried fruits, cashews, um, nuts, oats, everything, which has a, a minimum best before it of six months. And the idea is to sell, sell it not in the um, yeah, minimum size retail packages, to sell it in a box, so 500 grams to one kilo. And yeah, what we do is we have short supply chains. We are not working with wholesalers. We are working together with the yeah, with the people directly in the in the countries, so with farmers, for example, and or importers. And when you have a shortened supply chain, you have a better purchase price because you skip all the wholesalers in the supply chain. And yeah, the idea is to avoid um, yeah the complete communication of uh, how 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 is an etiquette, how is an how is a label, how is a design, and so on. So we're doing this. Really simple. There's only one 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 label. You can print it directly. That's it. So this is maybe this is your online business. And now we have a sortiment uh, over one thousand two hundred products, um, which you need in daily life. And um, yeah, so how this is how we make money. So in this case, for you, I mean the the co-founder didn't work out. So tell us about what happened with the co-founder because the co-founder left, and obviously when a co-founder leaves, that's a breakdown. So so what what happened? <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, I don't know, that, like the, one of the first rules I, I needed to learn. So when the management team has problems, the company has problems. And um, yeah, Robert was my best friend. So we started this business on a, on a friend, friendship way. So we were friends and we were like, okay, let's do it. Let's have fun and so on. But I don't know, when you start the business and, and it's like, when the business is getting more and more professional, so you your mindset is getting more and more professional, and um, I just wanted to learn everything and I don't know to become stronger in the things to improve myself and so on. And he he um, after a few few um, months and years he he was I don't know thought he's not the, the the kind of person who wants to lead people, and um, so he wanted to leave the company, and um, I said to him, okay, it's nice. What can we do with the shares? So, um, and then I had some seat uh, seat uh, investors in the company, and then we started to have some problems with them because they wanted to buy the shares. So we had a lot of discussions, and then they wanted to um, to kick Robert out as a bad lever. So the classic classic story, and um, so we went to the court <laughs> and had problems. Wow. So Robert did not trust trust me anymore because when 
too much people talking to each other. There's too much communication and you don't know the truth. So, um, yeah, we had a lot of trouble. And um, then um, was my luck that I met Piran, my my uh, partner in crime today. Yeah. And yeah, we, we made a buyout together. So we made a suggestion to the to the investors. We made a suggestion to Robert. Um, Piran was, um, uh, at that time, he was trading a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, Pokemon cards. So he, yeah. had, he had a lot of money. So he said, okay, I can invest in the company if you want. And, um, and then we took everyone together on the table and said to everyone, hey, guys, it's really easy. So the know-how, we have the know-how. Um, we can start a new company. We don't care. So it's your choice if you can take them, if you want to take the money or we can we continue. And then they started to be a bit scared and then they said, okay, good, we, we leave. And Robert did the same. Um, but this period was really hard because uh, we had the discussions with the investors. Uh, there was a court thing and so on. And um, in parallel, we need to to manage the daily business. Yeah, because at this time we had uh, one, rev- one million revenue a year and um, lots of customers at this time. And so, I don't know, yeah, we, we managed it, but it was really hard. And how did you meet Piran? Really funny. Um, got a got a got a Facebook request from him, and first, I'm I'm kind of guy I don't like this um, this emails and then, hey hey I'm a friend and so on. But got a message from him. It was really funny. He he texted me, hey you know uh, I would like to do affiliate marketing for you. And first I was like, hey, what do you want affiliate marketing? I don't need this. But um, then I thought, okay, maybe I don't know. Maybe I talk to him. Maybe he can help me. And then. We met together, and um, he uh, he told me, "Yeah, you know, I really like to work uh, to work at the company um, to get an impression about startup life and so on." So I hired him as a working student to help me. And after a couple of months, we found out, "Hey, this is not the not the relationship that I'm his boss and he's my he's my employee." So we acted tight like partners. And then I, we saw the opportunity when it comes uh, comes to to a conflict with Robert. So um, then we sat together and then he said, hey, I have some money I can invest. And then, um, yeah, we have restructured the company, basically. Nice. And obviously, you guys also have kind of like a CEO mindset. So uh, how do you guys distribute roles? So, yeah, I'm responsible for all the internal things. So I'm handling all the operations in the company, um, quality management, logistics, customer service, um, accounting, and... um, all the processes which need to be optimized. Piran is responsible for the shop, for the online shop, and for the marketing and for the sourcing for the new products which are coming into the online shop. Hey guys, so pardon the interruption here. I got to tell you that, you know, for those of you that are either looking to raise money or you're looking to get your company acquired, you don't have to be alone. You know, there's a lot of psychology that needs to be blended with strategy, with methodology, with process. And it's very hard and already doing your business alone It's super, super difficult. So I remember, you know, back when I was an entrepreneur, I kept really experiencing the challenge of either knowing or finding the right type of access to the right type of investors or really understanding what was the right type of guidance, you know, that would carry me through the process, whether it was with seeking money or with going through the acquisition. So that gap that I found being an entrepreneur is ultimately what pushed me later on when I met my co-founder at Pantera, Mike Sieversen, to really put together an advisory firm where we are guiding entrepreneurs and founding teams 
through the capital raising efforts, whether you are at a seed stage or at a Series A stage, or if you are going through the process of an acquisition and you are in small to mid cap type of cycle. So again, you know, we would help you from guiding you and, and supporting you from A to C all the way to the end as an extension of your team. And there's no reason for you to do this alone. So with that being said, if you would like to find out more, feel free to send me an email at alejandro at panteraadvisors.com. And we would love to take a look at helping you out. I know that, you know, it's not the first time that you had to deal with um, with issues with the team. Uh, in fact, you completely fired the, the team in its entirety. So what happened yeah. there? Yeah, it was really crazy times because when we started to, to get the first money in the company, the first thing we have done uh, was to just to hire people from everywhere and um, was like a completely wrong way to do this because um, there was no system. Um, we've just received applications and then we thought, okay, good, good fit. Okay, let's try this out. But um, there was no, um, we had no, no nothing, no know-how, how, how we can, how we can um, hire people. What, what do we need exactly? And so on, because the structures were not fixed at this time. And um, we started to do this. And then after, um, yeah, we had a team of 15 people, came a guy who um, acted like a virus. Um, he was responsible for the sourcing team and then he made wrong decisions. And what we have done is we have not controlled the people. We just left them doing this, what they want to do. And we, were, we had not acted like entrepreneurs to, to lead the people, to guide the people. We thought, okay, the people will work as we do. They, they will do the same. They have the same CEO mindset, maybe the same vision. Um, it, come, it, come, um, it comes from inside, but that was completely wrong. So um, after, um, after some months, um, nobody has done what we wanted them to do. We asked, asked them to do things, to take over tasks. They, they said no. And then after firing this guy, Working like a virus, everyone left the company. And then wow. we were then two people again. And then we thought, okay, okay, what can we do now? And then uh, we started to um, read some books again about entrepreneurship, about leadership, how we can, I don't know, act better, um, how we can show the people our way and so on. Um, but that was really crazy because we started again by zero. And um, yeah, it was a really tough learning. I mean, the everyone talks about team and culture being number one. So I'm sure that this was a really unbelievable learning experience for, for you guys. I guess now looking back, and I'm sure that this is going to help a lot of the listeners right now that are tuning in, but now looking back when, because having one of those, I mean, I've, I've dealt also with, with this and, and it's awful. Uh, how do you, looking back, how would you have been able to identify that that individual was a virus? And how would you have blocked that virus from you know, creating a toxic environment? The probably best way um, would be, or is um, what I know today is when you talk to people, first is what you need, a, like a complete uh, process of um, how you can choose the people. You know? um, do they fit in the team? Do they fit in the company? Um, how's the way they work? How's the way they think? What is what what is their vision in the next five years, ten years, maybe? Um, uh, then you can check their CV. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, too many stations, maybe. Is there a hole somewhere? Um, and in the end, it's about emotions. So for me, business is pure emotion. 
So um, when I talk to the people and then there's no wipe and then they're, I don't know, I don't like them and they don't like me and the wipe is not okay. So I don't care about, about their, their exams and their CV and so on and their performance in the past, uh, in the past stations. So um, if this does not work, um, I, will, I will not hire them. So, and this people, uh, this guy, um, I had not the, not the best feeling. I was like, okay, good, let's try it out, let's see. And that was completely wrong. So, um, if you don't have the, don't have a good feeling in hiring people, don't do this. Yeah. Got it. Get the gut feeling. Nothing like that. Now, in your guys' case, I mean, you've raised quite a bit of money. How much money have you guys raised to date? Uh, the last uh, round we did was about fifty million. So. Uh, quite big number and um yeah it was uh was really hard as well because we have done some rounds before with a company in germany um they're like uh really popular in influencer marketing um they're uh at the stock market there is the stock market um the investor his name is georg Hofler. he's uh and um yeah an investor in the german tv show uh similar to shark tank Right, and so he's really popular here in Germany, and he has founded some TV channels here. So he was um, shareholder here. He's still shareholder, but he, after some financial rounds, he yeah. has bought the majority. So we have sold the majority to him, and um, yeah, after um, yeah, doing this, the company started to grow really fast uh, because of Corona and the COVID, the whole thing. Company started to grow much faster than um, before. And then we we went to him and said to him, hey, we need some money. And he was like, guys, sorry, my company is not growing that fast as your company. So we thought about, okay, how can we restructure the company? So then um, we made an outreach and found some new investors here in Germany um, or in Europe. There are uh, yeah some popular VCs um, we are working with. Um, and then we have structured this with them. So it was a buyout. So yeah, now uh, we have a clean structure here. And you talked about like the last round being 50 million. Now, in total, how much capital has been invested in the business? Uh, round about 60 million. 60 million. Okay, got it. Uh, now, in terms of, for the people that are listening, you know, also, how is the process of restructuring? Because in this case, you know, probably the people that are listening are more used to raising money to just like, you know, put it into the business and grow. So in this case, it was more a combination of equity and then secondary, which is used to buy out existing shareholders. So how yeah. is that process of blending in secondary with equity? How, how do you go about that and what does that look like? Yeah, it was really hard because we had a lot of negotiations. Um, first step, when you have a majority shareholder, so Basically, the majority shareholder does not want to sell the majority. Um, yeah. So we had a lot of discussions. Um, but in the end, um, it was we did it on a really entrepreneurial way because um, uh, when you when you when you made an outreach and then you get a lot of offers and um, there are really a lot of people are interested in the company and they offer you something, um, then um, you just you're a founder, so you have the know-how. Um, you know how to how to run the company. When you leave the company, there's no company. So basically, you can just play a bit with it. And then um, you can, I don't know, if you talk to a lot of people, you can just tell them, hey, I'm just 
comparing the offers. Yeah, and this is the best offer we can do for the company. It's not for me, for myself. I just want to 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 have a big company, and I want to to make the company grow. So um, I think, or we think, as a management team, this is the best um, this is the best way for the company. So if we can do this, we will stay motivated. Otherwise, we will not be motivated to rule the company. And this is the most the most um, yeah the scariest thing for investors uh, if the founder is not motivated. So this is my my experience. So um, yeah, we made we made that big outreach, talked to lots of people, and then after strong negotiations with the shareholders, they we sat together and made the deal. Yeah, it was really easy. We sat on the table, talked about the numbers, and then it was done. Yeah, amazing. But there was amazing. complete process. Yeah, no, I, I I hear you now. For the people that are listening, you know, to really get an understanding on the scope and size of Cora today, how big is the company? I mean, anything you can share in terms of number of employees or anything else that you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, sure. So right now, uh, our revenue is around about 65 million a year. Last year, we were, we went, uh, we had a run rate around about um, 20, 20 million a year. A year. Wow. So we've grown up really fast. Uh, two years ago, we had around about 5.5 million so growing up really fast right now and um yeah employees um we have around about 250 employees we're working for us we have a big uh, big office in berlin but our uh, logistics company is not not our own logistics company so logistics are separately in a separate company and there uh, for this company there's some i don't know let me think uh seven about around about 70 employees who are working for the logistics company um so 330 people are working for Coro right now and um in our portfolio we have 1200 um uh, yeah products and we want want to grow up uh, with assortment within um 2 years to over 2000 article wow that's the idea now you know it's very interesting here you know going from 20 million to 60 plus you know million a year i mean it's a significant it sounds like you guys hit a nerve on the market you know there's something there that you touched that really helped to to go skyrocketing on on growth if you had to pinpoint what could that have been you know what would you say that was um well we started to to run the business in 2014 we were in Europe, we were like one of the first companies who started to test out influencer marketing. Yeah. Today, um, when you, I don't know, when you're looking, I don't know, you're, you're searching around in, in the web, 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 and then you open YouTube. Yeah. There are lots of people who are, uh, yeah, um, who are recommending your products. So everyone knows they're getting paid for. Yeah. Um, when in 2014, no one, um, had, had known this. So when we started this business, Everyone was scared, and everyone was, everyone was talking about the conventional channels. So, um, hey, take an agency, just start to do performance marketing, start with Facebook, start with Google, um, just just be conservative and look for your numbers. But what we have done um, was we have just simply sent out some parcels to influencers um, and said to them, hey, guys, listen, here's a parcel for you, around about 50 or 100 euros. And then um, just, I don't know, show it, show it in the camera and recommend the product. So um, we have done this with, I don't know, a couple of people. And um, in these years, then um, we found out that, I don't know, when they've done the video and showed the product, the revenue started to increase directly. And then uh, it was really fun because um, it 
then um, uh, stayed on a level. So, and then it grown up slowly, 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 faster, faster, faster. And then, um, yeah, we have put everything in this influencer marketing channel and, um, yeah, have built up our own, let's say, small agency here. So we have a influencer marketing department and we have, we are controlling, yeah, or we have uh, direct, direct contracts with the influencers. So that was our historical, um, yeah, historical best thing what we can do. And, yeah, today it is a mix. Yeah. But that Absolutely. was our pinpoint. I love that. Now, imagine you go to sleep tonight and you wake up in a world five years later. I mean, imagine you've never slept like this in your life. Uh, <laughs> you wake up in a world five years later where the vision of Coro is fully realized. What does that world look like? Wow. When I, when I wake up in five years, I want to see Coro being uh, Europe's number one here. So we, we are, we are, best online shop for all the groceries you can find you would you look and um when um when i don't know a customer yeah finds a new product at an at a competitor of us i want that everyone thinks ah okay i can buy this product uh, at coro and then it's much better and um this is a vision for europe and maybe the vision for for us is to to get there as well yeah to establish a company there and um i don't know to be uh, a world brand, to be uh, to be the best, uh, I don't know, brand for, for groceries in the world. Amazing. Let me ask you this. You know, imagine if I was to put you into a time machine and I was to bring you back in time, you know, maybe to that, you know, moment where you were at your house, you know, in the garden, thinking about that law was not for you, that you wanted to start something of your own or to become a director of an orchestra uh, <laughs> on the business side of things. And imagine if you were able to go right there, sit down with your younger self and give your younger self one piece of advice before launching a business. What would that be and why, given what you know now? When you make decisions, um, just decide it emotional. Because um, sometimes when I, I don't know, when I, uh, made a lot of decisions i made them really fast and so on and sometimes i was i was not listening to my feeling and i was like okay i don't know maybe um okay let, let's try it out and so on and do it on a really rational way but in the end it was always my feeling um when i had a good feeling it was always right so um this this is what i would say um just just trust your feeling if if this is your feeling just decide it on this way and um do not think about it. Don't I don't know. Don't, don't be don't be scared of do this of doing this. Just decide it. Yeah. Amazing. And now for the people that are listening to that that want to reach out and say hi, well, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, you can do it directly by mail if you want, um, or LinkedIn. Also, I'm available on LinkedIn. Contact me. Um, I'm, I'm open for everything. I can I don't know. Uh, share you some insights how how you how you can run the business um maybe some experience um how not to lose the team <laughs> and um how to be i don't know uh be a good entrepreneur and um to yeah how how you can run uh, over 300 employees yeah and to decide right i love it well constantinos thank you so much for being on the dealmaker show today it has been an honor to have you with us thank you for inviting me if you like the show, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you could leave a review as well, that would be fantastic. 
And if you got any value, either from this episode or from the show itself, share it with a friend. Perhaps they also appreciate it. So also remember that if you need any help, whether it is with your fundraising efforts or with selling your business, you can reach me at alejandro at pantheraadvisors.com. You've reached the end of another episode of the Dealmakers podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to alejandrocremades.com. Thank you for listening and see you at the next episode.